Hey, go ahead and turn, if you will, to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians. I want to talk to you about prayer and a prayer for the church. I'm just going to read a few verses here. Some people uh, track this text in different ways, like they try to uh, go all the way through verse 18 or even re really through verse 23. And I'm going to come back to that because you're going to see one of the greatest statements of who Christ is and what he can do for you in these next few verses after this. But I want to focus tonight just on prayer. And Dale, it did seem... Um, it seemed very appropriate to me as we were focusing on this, as the funeral that we had yesterday of thinking about Miss Sophie Wood and uh, about somebody that prayed for the church. Now, I know a lot of you do, and I'm grateful for you. And I know a lot of you pray for me by name, and you don't know how much that means. And there are sometimes people send me messages that they prayed for me that morning. And that, is, that means the world to me. And I am reminded of how much I need that. And the church needs that. The church needs prayer. There may not have been, and this is not to offend you at all, but there may not have been any greater prayer warrior than Miss Sophie, Miss Sophie Wood. And I shared this yesterday, but you know, when you get to certain seasons of life, uh, you may not be able to do as much physically as you once did. You may not be able to uh, participate in as much of the ongoing ministries or programs of the church. But one of the things that I've learned is no matter how old you are, and even as, even as you may face physical limitations, you can still pray. You can still pray. And there are people who are affecting the work of God every day because they are committed to prayer. Miss Sophie, she was one of those because... We opened her Bible here in the office uh, just, I guess, on uh, Thursday or so or Friday. And when we did, she had her prayer list from December. And to one side, she had all of her family on it where she would pray for them. On the other side, she had every staff member listed out in December. I told them yesterday she was very up to date. She even had Zach on there as he had just come in in December, and this was the December prayer list. She had every staff member listed out. Then she had some different ones. Bodie, I saw your name on there and others who were going through different treatments and issues, and she was praying for them. She would make sure that our office personnel, our ladies there, would make sure that they would send the, the weekly prayer list to her. She would be emailed every week because she couldn't be here anymore. She had obviously couldn't even be in Ruston anymore, and she wanted that prayer list so she could lift up those individuals. It challenged me. And as we went to the cemetery yesterday, I thought to myself, somebody better step it up because she's not here to pray for, us, pray for us and pray for the church, so there needs to be somebody else standing in the gap. And again, I know many of you do, but we need more. We need more people praying for the church. That is one of the expressions of love that you can have for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when Paul loved the church, and he did love those local churches, he would oftentimes visit them. He would obviously write them letters and demonstrate his love to them. And he would also say that he prayed for them. And I believe he prayed for them often. And here we have, once again, Paul just expressing that love that he had, a church that he actually had not been to yet, I think a church that he did not birth, but a church that he continued to love. 
and a church that he demonstrated that love by praying for them. So if you will, verse 9, look at his prayer for the church at Colossae. He said, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. In other words, it's just a continual thing. You are upon my mind. You are upon my heart. I am praying for you. You know, sometimes I realize how that pray without ceasing is something that can be practical. That, that is something that can be a, re, a reality in our lives. Isn't it amazing you can be in the middle of Timbuktu maybe and God bring to mind somebody and God just say, hey, you ought to pray for that person right now. I, I don't know about you and I'm not one of these big mystics, but I have learned that when God says something to me about that, I need to stop and I need to pray right then. And oftentimes, I will follow up with maybe a text or a note or something just to let them know that I prayed for them. And it's amazing. Isn't it amazing how God uses those interactions, that it was exactly the right time? We, we, had, a, we had one of our uh, students that's over in medical school now uh, that I had texted here a few weeks ago, and, and he came by the other day and he told me, he said, you know, I was going through a, a really, really rough time when all of a sudden, and this is the first time I guess I text this guy in two years maybe, and he said, all of a sudden I got that text message that you were praying, and it was right exactly when I needed it, because God has a way of doing those things. God has a way of doing it exactly when it's needed. Here, Paul, Paul said, hey, I'm just going to keep praying for you, and I have been praying for you. I have not ceased to pray for you, and look at what he's praying specifically. He says, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So he says, I'm praying for your wisdom. So, so let me just throw that out there to you, that you and I need to pray for the wisdom of our church. We need to pray for our discernment. We need to pray that God would show us full knowledge. And that's what Paul was praying for the church at Colossae. Now, I do believe this is in the backdrop of, of some heretical teaching that has come to them. It's a teaching similar to that that John is going to be pushing back in against in 1 John and 2 John and 3 John. We've been studying that on Wednesday night. So I do think it's a group of individuals that's out there that they are trying to espouse this special mystery, this special knowledge that they have that the people of God have not quite gotten to yet. I mean, Paul hadn't gotten to and some of the others. And Paul is pushing back just a little bit. We're going to see later. But he's saying, what I, I want to do is pray for you that you'll have real knowledge and wisdom. Not the kind that all of these other people are offering you. Not, not the kind of these heretics. He says, but I'm praying that you would have wisdom and discernment. And notice all the different types of words that he uses here to, to almost say the same thing. He said, that you may be filled with knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You talk about knowledge, you talk about wisdom, you talk about understanding. He is trying to communicate how the church is so dependent upon God's leadership, God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God's discernment, and that if we're going to follow his will, that means that we have to know what he wants us to do. Correct? God wants us to be in his will. And I believe God is very, I think God is very liberal with his knowledge. I believe God is very liberal with his wisdom. He, in James, 
We're told that if we lack wisdom, what do we do? We ask of him. And, and here Paul is asking on behalf of others. And he says, I pray that you as a church would have wisdom to do God's will. Every day as a pastor, I'm reminded of how dependent we are upon him for discernment and for wisdom to do his will. I mean, just things, just everyday things sometimes you struggle with, whether we should try this or we should not do this or, or, or those kinds of things. God, we need your wisdom. God, we need your knowledge. Because what we do here, we don't want to do just because we want to do it. We want to do what you want us to do. That should be our heartbeat. That should be our mentality. That should be our our prayer that we offer to the Lord is, you know, God, we just need you to show us. We need you to reveal to us what you would have us do. And there are so many things out there. I mean, there's so many things out there now for churches to be involved in and churches to be about. And we need God's wisdom. We need God's discernment. So I would ask you first to pray for our wisdom. Pray for the wisdom of the leadership. Pray for the wisdom of this church overall. But then second, look at what he says. Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. So you pray for wisdom. And then Paul says, I'm praying not only for your wisdom, but I'm praying for your walk. So pray for our walk. What do I mean by that? Your walk, your, your conduct, your everyday activity, how you are walking before the Lord, that we as a church want to walk worthy of the Lord. I, I like that, fully pleasing Him, satisfying Him, delighting Him, that we would walk in such a way that He was satisfied with us. A few years ago, uh, I was at the evangelism conference over in the, not great state, but good state of Mississippi. And uh, there was a guy there from Florida Boulevard, who was a pastor at Florida Boulevard in Baton Rouge, who was up in Mississippi and he was preaching. And um, he, he was sharing about this idea of delighting the Lord in who we are and, and, and pleasing him. And he talked about making the Lord smile that our conduct, our lives, our thoughts would just bring a smile to the face of God. And he passed out these little smiley faces. He passed out little smiley faces that we could take and we could put like on the inside of our Bible that we put just kind of there at the cover. You see, I've covered mine up with all these preaching notes now or so. But it was to be placed there so that when you opened your Bible, and hopefully you would just come through there, you'd be reminded, even when you saw that smiley face, that your purpose and, and your actions should certainly point to a smile on God's face, that he should delight in who you are. And we want to delight in him. I, I hope we do. I, I think, as John Piper has said, <laughs> he is most pleased in us when we are most pleased in him. When we find satisfaction in him and when we serve him, he is satisfied with us. And Paul said to the Colossians, I, I hope that I hope that 
God will give you what is necessary so that you can walk worthy. Now, he breaks this down into four different areas, okay? Some of you thought, man, you are really moving fast on these points tonight. But here, you have to look at the, the walk and notice these four different areas in which the walk is affected. It says in verse 10, being fruitful. Present tense means that you go on being fruitful in every good work and you go on increasing in the knowledge of God. So you go on bearing fruit. He says, I pray that you walk worthy. And this is how I pray that you would go on bearing fruit in your life. Fruit, fruit demonstrates what kind of tree that you have. Really, when you, when you think about your outward works and all those kinds of things, it only demonstrates what has occurred inwardly with you. And he says, I pray you go on bearing fruit as you walk in the Lord, as you please him, you ought to, you ought to bear fruit in who you are. And then he says, increasing, increasing, it says in the knowledge of God. Well, that sounds like what he just said, didn't it? Up earlier about having the knowledge of God. So it's just like increasing. But I went back again, kind of looked at this verse a little more in depth. Actually, I think he means something different here. Walking in the Lord, bearing fruit, going on bearing fruit, but also that you go on growing or increasing because of or from the benefit of the knowledge of God. So in other words, he had prayed, we have the knowledge. And now he says, we, we hope that you would also walk worthily and that you would be able to bear fruit. You go on bearing fruit, but also that you go on growing because the knowledge of God is being poured into you. It's the idea of discipleship, the idea of increasing and the idea of looking more like him. What is the disciples purpose? The disciples purpose is to look more like the teacher. Students' purpose, look more like the teacher. We have a lot of education folks in here. I see people who've uh, taught at some point or um, you, you know that as you were teaching, you were hoping to pour into them, but you were hoping that they would get it, right? Get it. Not just the knowledge, but that it would click in them that they could actually do what they're being taught to do. And here it's the idea that we would go on increasing, we would go on growing because the knowledge of God is being poured into us and we are applying it in our walk. When you come to church on Sunday, it should not just be about the hypotheticals and the theoreticals. It should be about the practice of your life and my life when we leave this place. It's great to know theology. But theology ought to drive you to walk worthily of the Lord. It's great for you to know doctrine. I believe we ought to be studying more. But that doctrine ought to drive you to action when you walk out of this place. I say to you that that knowledge should impact us and we should be growing. If we're not growing, we are not doing what God wants us to, to be about. We are not fulfilling him or pleasing him if we are not growing as a people of God. 
And again, when I'm talking about growing, yes, I want the exponential growth. I want the number growth. Man, who would not want to have a day of Pentecost? But it's even more than that. It's that we are growing as believers together. That we are somehow allowing the knowledge of God to impact us so that we look more like him. And if we don't, we have failed. But thankfully, we don't have to do it on our own. Look in verse 11. Strengthened with all might. He, he says, as you walk worthy of the Lord, you, I, I pray that you would be fruitful. I pray that you'd be growing, increasing. I pray that you'd be strengthened with all might. Because if you're going to walk worthy of the Lord, you can only do it in the power of the Spirit. It's it. It's the only way. You cannot do it on your own. Our churches need to hear that again. We've tried to do too much on our own. I'm grateful for resources. I'm grateful for people who are talented. I am grateful for all these things. God gives us these gifts. But ultimately, the way we make a difference and the, re, the way we are to walk worthy of the Lord as a church is through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. That is the only way. And we're so dependent. So he says, I pray that you would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Well, how great is it that he is the ever-giving source of power? I mean, he is. The batteries never run out. I, I wished I could find, Leslie, I, I, I thought I was going to look for that little duck that we used to have. Um, I, I was going to give it to the Nugents, actually. Um, we, we were at Pine Grove, and Abigail was born, and she was getting a little older, and somebody just thought it was, as much as I just talked about gifts and how I love gifts, somebody thought it was really wise. They obviously hadn't prayed for wisdom, but they thought it was really wise uh, to bring us a little duck that she could pull around, and uh, it would just constantly quack, 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 quack. And it would light up too, wouldn't it? And have all kinds of things. And Yeah, I mean, it, it was lovely. Um, I finally looked, and I'm proud she's not here tonight because something's going on with her, but I'm proud because it'd probably break her heart still. She was, she realized this, but she was about year, 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 half, something like that, somewhere around there. And, and I just decided, you know what? The best thing for us to do, for me to be able to keep my ministry and testimony, and for me to be able to be the father of this family, is remove the batteries. <laughs> so while she was taking a nap or sleeping or something, I went in there and I took my little screwdriver and I took the batteries out. Yes, it was bad when she found it the next morning. Yes, I did feel bad, remorseful, <laughs> regretful but not repentant. <laughs> and, and she just, she still pulled it around, but she just couldn't understand why it wouldn't work. I told her her power source was gone. It just, it didn't have power anymore. You know what? Yes, we get re-energized from time. Yes, we get renewed, but we never have to replace our Christian batteries. 
Because the Holy Spirit is always there for us. The Holy Spirit is always there empowering us and giving us exactly what we need. And when the old devil comes and he uses his screw, did I just compare myself to the devil? When the old devil comes and takes his screwdriver and tries to take out those batteries or remove that Holy Spirit, he has no power. He has no authority to do such because the Holy Spirit has come to indwell us. But we do need strength. We need to understand that. It's only through his power. Sometimes this is a recognition as much as anything else that we need him. And while all of these petitions, all of these intercessions are significant, I kind of think that one right there in the life of the church may be the most needed today overall, that we pray for his strength, that we pray for his empowerment, that we pray that we depend on his empowerment to make a difference. He says, we strengthen well Almighty according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, for all endurance, for us to keep going, for the endurance we need, and even in the moments when we have to stand up under pressure, we have to take one for the team or take one for the truth, that we will do it according to his power and his strength. Paul says, I am praying for you. And then verse 12, giving thanks. Again, present tense, continuing to give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He says, I'm praying for you to be grateful. And we just talked about gratitude last week. Paul was talking about how grateful he was. Later on, he'll come back to that simple idea of giving thanks. Obviously, it's very important to Paul. And Paul says, Hey, I'm just praying to you that you'll always remain grateful. Always remain grateful. And that's a worthy prayer to offer for the church as well. That in our walking, in our conduct, that we will always be grateful. Because there are times that we begin to forget how gracious he is. Some of you say, well, I've never forgotten. There are times if we are not careful as a church, we can forget how gracious he is. He is. Again, we may become self-dependent. And when we do, we will commit spiritual suicide because we must always recognize our dependence upon him and be grateful to him for who he is. And that's what he says. We are, we are grateful because he is the one who qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He's going to go into this, as I said earlier, this um, great picture of Christ and who he is. But for us tonight, I'd like for us just to focus there on those verses we've read and encourage one another to pray for our wisdom. Pray that God would give us discernment, but that we'd pray for our walk. Now, when I say our walk, I am talking about collective walk as a church, but we also know that the church is not a building. The church, the church is represented by the people. So like when we go out individually, that's where our walk is noted. That's where our conduct 
is demonstrated. And he said, we ought to pray for one another for our walk. Pray, pray for our walk, pray that we'll bear fruit. We'll go on bearing fruit because we know God's allowed us to do that. But go on bearing fruit, that we'll go on growing, that we'll go on being strengthened, that we will go on giving thanks. Hey, if we just allow that scripture to inform our prayer, I think it, I think it could see a great impact upon who we are. Sometimes I've shared with you about praying scripture, of just taking the words of scripture itself and just praying it to God. Tonight, why don't you take this scripture, just turn it back to God and ask that God would hear our prayers, our intercession, and that he would bless our church, that he would be with us and be all that is necessary for us to see kingdom growth in the days to come. May we pray together. Father, I do thank you for uh, those who do pray for this church and pray for the church in general. Thank you for people who commit time and efforts, who are intentional, who are unified. And God, tonight as a people, we are gathering our hearts and minds together even at this moment. And we're saying to you that we need you, that we're dependent upon you. Lord, we need wisdom. We need discernment. Speak to us. Show us your path. Give us your will. And then, Lord, help us to walk worthy of what you've called us to. Lord, I pray that when you look at Temple Baptist Church, you would see fruit that is being born. I, I pray that you would see a church that is not stagnant, but a church that is growing. I pray that you would strengthen us. Because, Lord, that's the only way we'll achieve your purpose. Thank you for your spirit, your resource that you've given to us. And help us follow him each and every day. And God, may you ever hear the gratitude of our hearts. May we not forget it. May we not neglect it. But may we turn our thanks and our blessings back to you. We pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?